Welcome. This is Talking QBs with Coach Geese, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And today on my 44th episode, I have a returning guest, quarterback coach for the Dakota Varsity Lancers, Mr. Brad Sarner. How's it going, Brad? I am doing well. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Pleasure to come back. Yeah, man. The last time we were on, it was good times. We had uh, Jeff Morgan, Chris Boshin. We were telling stories and laughing it up. It was a really good time. So the last time we talked, Brad, we were in the middle of COVID and you hadn't been coaching for a number of years. You took some time off having a family. You got a young family and a wife and work and all those good things about life. Uh, but in 2021, you joined the staff for Dakota. Uh, I'm interested, what, uh, what kind of led to that of you getting back into coaching? Well, to be honest, it was something I've been thinking about for a while, but I just, you know, with starting a family and having young kids at home and, and all the the work that goes into that outside of your our careers, uh, I just didn't have the time. And as the kids started growing up a little bit and became a little more independent, I started to have the time. And then really the podcast that we did last time and all the talk that you and I had privately on, you, you know, what you were doing with your program and your private program with big air. I just, you know, the, the fire was kind of lit and I really wanted to find a place to go. Uh, Mitch Harrison at Dakota had reached out to me and we had a good conversation on the phone. And then he let me know that uh, Boyd Barrett, who's a former teammate of mine at U of M that was being the offensive coordinator. So it seemed like a pretty attractive opportunity and uh, it was a four minute bike ride from my house. So that made it very attractive as well. Uh, yeah, so I, I decided to go back into it and talk with my wife and, and she was in agreement that it was a, you know, it was a good idea to go back and start doing something that I loved like that. So yeah, we started up in, t- in 2021 and uh, just now finishing up uh, the second season. Well, it, it's great to have you out there. It's great, you know, to, to have other good quarterback coaches in the province coaching, you know, high level football and really giving back to the youth. So we appreciate your back. And uh, you're doing great work. You got a, a really good quarterback and you guys got a big game coming up. But uh, before we get to that, um, you know, you referenced Mitch Harrison getting you on staff. So Mitch is a you know former U of M player as well. Uh, fairly young guy. He's been the head coach now for an, a, a few years. He's done a really good job of building up the program or kind of continuing to build the program for where it was before him. And, and he's really assembled a great staff. Like you said, you, you obviously yourself and Boyd Barrett, and there's a number of other guys on the staff. Uh, what do you think about the job that Mitch has done just kind of running the program overall? Uh, I think he's done a great job. I didn't know Mitch actually until I started coaching at Dakota until that first conversation I had with him on the phone. So uh, getting to know him over the past couple of years has been a pleasure um, between Mitch and uh, Dale Dreger and, and Glenn Scrivener and the other coaches that are on staff. I mean, they just put in an enormous amount of work to run that program and uh, you know, their dedication to the cause and their dedication to the kids is, is massive <laughs> and the kids are all better for it. I mean, I think our program has really started to come up the ranks, not only from a win loss perspective, but, you know, we're getting kids there that want to be there and kids that are dedicating themselves to football. And Mitch really, um, he really does a good job of promoting that. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, they have, uh, you know, even some football academy stuff running in the building during the school day. So keeping the guys engaged during the season and during the off season in in the sport, I think, is what needs to be done if they want to go to the next level. So I think he's done just a great job and he definitely wears his heart on his sleeve and he loves what he does. It's evident 
out there every day that he's really enjoying what he's doing and that rubs off on the players and they buy into that you know as as you know being a coach for a long time if you can get players to buy into what you're selling uh that's half the battle right there absolutely <laughs> he does a great job yeah no he does do a great job and and like you said you've got a number of you know fantastic athletes and great coaches and more kids that are attracted to your program so th that's fantastic yeah um yeah. switching gears a little bit um so this past off season you started to help me out at uh, at my big air academy camps my quarterback camps and receiver camps um you know it was great having you out there i've always said you're just you know as knowledgeable as a of a quarterback guy you are you're just a great person and i wanted great people to be around the players that i'm coaching individually and I was happy to have you out there and really just good to work with each other again. Um, what did you like about working with the quarterbacks at Big Air and just kind of training QBs in an individual and kind of group setting? Well, first off, thank you for inviting me to go do that because I really did have a lot of fun and I, I do appreciate your comments. Um, what I like about it the most is that everybody that's there, they want to be there and right. they want to excel and they want to you know, they want to be better at their position, be better at their sport, be better for their teammates. So that's the, one of the biggest things. I really enjoyed the enthusiasm of the players. You know, they're out there on Sunday nights in the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. You know, some, some kids are driving in from Brandon just right. to go to these camps. Uh, that's dedication, right? And that's pretty, it's pretty good. And there isn't a lot of individual quarterback training going on. And, you know, it's a complicated, complex position. That requires a lot of uh, a lot of coaching and repetition, and you only have so many reps to go around in your regular practices because you're trying to balance individual with, uh, you know, your team stuff and your conceptual stuff. So to have some dedicated time to individual skill development, I think is is pretty significant. And I thought the group workouts were great. Having the receivers there running the routes, the the Drills were always different every week. You did a great job of drawing up very unique uh, drills and, and, you know, skill development stuff for the guys. So I thought it was really good. It was a lot of fun too. That's awesome. And yeah, I, I appreciate all the, all the positivity and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I, I really liked the point that you said just about the, the natural situation of like for ourselves when we're running, you know, we're quarterback coaches at high school, but we never get enough individual time with our guys. Right. So I know for sure this year we only had really the one quarterback. Um, I had to do a lot of, you know, coaching other areas at times in practice. The mechanical part needs to really be addressed kind of before you get to the season, right? And, uh, right. you know, I think that, that the workouts really kind of supply that for the quarterbacks. Now, the problem is sometimes those mechanics kind of can go to crap if they're not addressed, you know, over and over and over again. So that's kind of a little bit of the downfall of just coaching high school football and, and kind of being pulled in many directions as a coach. But, uh, but yeah, I agree with you that there's never enough time. And, and to be able to, to work in the winter together with some quarterbacks and just mentor some guys has been a lot of fun and, and it's been great having you. I do enjoy the the individual aspect of it. And it, I'm also like, I'm not a kinesiologist right. <laughs> at all. So all the, the way that the position coaching has been going with all of this uh, biomechanical movement, you know, it's very challenging to keep mm -hmm. up with everything that's going on. I'm, I'm watching videos and watching some of the more advanced QB coaches in Canada doing this stuff. Wow. I don't, I don't really know what they're teaching. I can see it, but I don't really get why they're right. doing it that way. And a lot of our kids, you know, I, to me, if, if they can spin the ball well and, and get it out and they got velocity on it, I don't want to try to rebuild that, yes. you know? So it, it's, it's a little bit of give and take on how much you want to break up what they're doing, you know?
Right. And then the, the position has got, you know, fairly complicated with, with the biomechanics and that sort of thing. And I see the benefit to it, like just overall that it's, you know, the, you'd be more efficient if you threw the ball biomechanically the perfect way, uh, save your shoulder. I mean, I can't throw a ball anymore because my shoulder's messed. So, you know, that was, you know, 20 years of just hucking a ball like how we did without, you know, the biomechanics. But at the same point, yeah. I feel like it's almost, you know, unless you're kind of starting as a young kid with a particular coach that's going to teach you that way, um, it, it's tough to kind of address those things midway through, right? Like once a guy has, yeah. once a guy has kind of built how he throws the ball, it's very tough to kind of change everything. So I'm, I, yeah. I know we've talked about this before, but I'm kind of sitting in the middle with, I try to kind of you know, get them the, the new age coaching. But at the same time, I, I really believe in kind of the old fundamentals as well. Like I start with the feet, it starts from the feet up, right? And if we can get your feet doing the right things, you know, the rest will come with it. This past year, I had a really good young quarterback, Ryan Wurtzfeld, grade 10. Uh, the things that, that Ryan was able to do this year as a grade 10 were, were quite phenomenal. And it was really fun to work with a new quarterback and kind of start from the ground up with, with tons of talent. Um, you know, you have two great quarterbacks in your program, on your team. You know, talk about, you know, Blake Penner and Rogan Vergata and, and kind of what, what you like about working with those guys. Uh, and yes, you were right. Your, uh, Ryan on, uh, on your team did a great job this year uh, for a young guy. He's got some tools in his toolbox that other guys will only wish they had. So uh, your future definitely looks bright with him. He's, he'll be a good guy to, to hang your hat on for sure. Um, yeah, Blake and Rogan, we're quite fortunate to have, have these guys. It's my second year working with Blake. We had him last year as a, as a grade 10. Uh, Rogan just joined us from the junior varsity program uh, this season. Uh, you know, they're both, I guess the one thing I would say is they're both consummate professionals. They're dedicated to their craft. You know, they're watching film, they're studying, they're, they try to analyze the game as a, as you would want them to as a coach. You know what I mean? They don't just come off the field and kind of look all dazed as to what happened. <laughs> they're coming off and they're telling us what they saw, which is, you know, we've moved forward quite a lot <laughs> mm -hmm. with, with that. And I think that's kind of what you want because that communication is important. Uh, you know, they have differing styles for sure. Blake's a tall, lanky pocket passer and Rogan's more of a, you know, he can stand in the pocket and throw the ball, but he's a pretty significant run threat as Absolutely. well. So it's been a pleasure having the the yin and yang of those guys. And, uh, you know, the team has rallied around them. Blake was injured earlier in the season. Rogan had to start a game, a pretty significant game for us. And, uh, you know, led the team and uh, and won that game with uh, with the group. And every time he's been put into the game and asked uh, asked to perform, he's done so. So it's uh, you know, as you know, it's difficult if you're not starting every single game Definitely. or taking all the reps. It's difficult to stay engaged, but that's part of the job. There's only one guy that can play, and uh, they've both done a really, really good job this year. I I kind of joke around saying, "Oh, I got two starting quarterbacks, so we're good either way." Mm -hmm. Well, my joke was when we when we played you because obviously we didn't know Blake was coming off the injury. And uh, you guys were kind of keeping that tight information of who was starting. I said, uh, who's starting this week? Is it Rob Johnson or Doug Flutie? And that was kind of my, yeah. little, my <laughs> little funny joke. But I, and I didn't mean any diss to, to Blake being Rob Johnson, just that he's the, that tall yeah. pocket passer, right? And yeah. Rogan's that scramble. He played a couple of good games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got that huge contract. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, 
my Oak Park Raiders, we we fell uh, we fell pretty hard last week. Uh, we played St. Paul's in the semis, had every opportunity in the world to win that game and just couldn't kind of couldn't put it all together. Uh, you know, obviously you guys are in the ship this weekend, Saturday at IGF, 5 p.m. Um, you know, what are you looking forward to this championship game and, and what does it mean to, to kind of get there? Extremely exciting. Um, I believe this is the first championship game that Dakota has been to since 2017. Uh, they came out on the wrong end of that one. So this will be our chance to sort of redeem that. Uh, you know, it kind of shows where the program has been advancing to. You know, we've been building and building to, to get to this point. So it's very exciting. And the players are very excited. The coaches are probably more excited. Um, I was joking around with the guys last night saying that I haven't personally, I've never been in a championship game as a coach. And the last time I was as a player, these guys were not even born yet. So it's uh, been a long while. So it's very exciting for all of us to, to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, we finished seven and one this year alongside St. Paul's mm -hmm. and uh, we played them twice and split the series. So it really doesn't get any closer of a matchup than we're going to have no disrespect to anybody else, but it seems like these are the two teams that should, should be in the finals. Yep. Uh, so it's really exciting. And I think uh, we've had a good week of preparation. The guys seem like they're dialed in. Um, I think we have a good understanding on what we're going to be presented with from the way of a challenge standpoint. And uh, we just need to execute just like we talk about every single week is if we execute our plan, uh, we have a really good opportunity to be successful. And, uh, but you know, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Best of luck to you guys and your team. You know, like, you Thank know, you. you know, your weapons, I think you're running back number 50 and John Bubard. Is that the name? John Bubard. Yeah. Yeah. He has really came on later part of the year and, and been really impressive. Uh, I think if you can get absolutely, that right. Absolutely tremendous player. Just, yeah. just a tremendous, anything you ask of the guy, he just steps up and does it and he does it to the best of his ability. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah. All of our, you know, I can only speak to the offense. I think our defense has done a great job, but offensively, I mean, I feel like we have weapons all over the field mm -hmm. and everybody's sort of bought into the team concept. They're all willing to sacrifice something for the greater good of the group. And that didn't come easily, you know, that, yeah. that came with some continued conversation and, getting everybody to buy in, but I think we're there now. And if they're willing to sacrifice their bodies or their egos or whatever it may be on Saturday and they can come together as a unit, I don't think they can stop us. There you go. Shots fired. I love the positivity. Uh, go out and do it, buddy. I, I wish you the best. Uh, before I let you, you go, before I let you go here though, I do want to touch on, we've got the CFL West final this Sunday at IGF as mm -hmm. well. Uh, Bombers versus BC Lions, two great quarterbacks, Caleros and, and Nathan Rourke coming back off the injury. Uh, who do you like and, and what do you like about those two quarterbacks? I love the CFL. I absolutely love the CFL. I always have. I probably always will. This game is going to be a knockdown drag out one and I'm really excited to watch it. I'm, I'm super pumped. Uh, I can't, I've said, I can't see the Bombers losing. I think no. they're destined to three feet. Um, if Nathan Rourke didn't get injured and continued his season the way he did, mm -hmm. I might be apt to think a little bit differently because he is probably the best talent we've seen at that position in a long time. Long time yep. He just gets it. Right. And I mean, not that he's not dangerous. He's very dangerous. So it's going to be a tough one, but the offense for the bombers just seems to be clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Brady is running the ball like a madman mm -hmm. that, What's his name? Dylan Dalton Schoen? Dalton Schoen, yeah. Dalton Schoen? Yep. He's, he's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. like, I, 
I think he'll get an NFL look. Uh, they got weapons all over the field. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be a track meet, I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it could be. Um, I, I do think that the bomber D-line, though, is going gonna, is gonna to eat. I think that's kind of that unknown factor. Our defense, mm-hmm. you know, especially the front seven, can really get after it. And I think that'll be kind of that the is true. that I think that'll be the difference in the game. That that's my hope. At least I'm going obviously with our hometown bombers. I'm going to be in attendance yeah. at the stadium, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, it's going to be great. It looks like the weather's going to hold out too, so yeah. it shouldn't be a major factor in the passing game. We should be able to see the ball in the air quite a bit. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you being on and talking ball again. Best of luck this Saturday in the championship game. And thank we'll, you so much. We'll chat next time. Okay. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much for having me, and we'll talk soon. Back at it with third quarter action with Coach Gies and Brandon Mitchell, offensive line coach for the St. Paul's Crusaders. Uh, me and Brandon got to work together a little bit before COVID kind of hit, uh, working on the U16 staff and just sort of game planning. And then all that sort of stuff kind of came to a, an abrupt end, but it uh, was good to meet Brandon. And I wanted to get him on the podcast to, to talk about his Crusaders and the big championship game tomorrow. Uh, Brandon, just to kind of Maybe introduce yourself to my to my audience. Talk about uh, you know growing up in your family and, and being a young kid and that sort of thing, and and maybe some sports that you played before football. I grew up in Winnipeg, born and raised. I played quite a bit of sports before I started football. Uh, primarily was um, uh, baseball, a little bit of hockey, and then boxing was a big one. Okay. Um, that when, once I started high school football, everything kind of um, was a step away for me. I, I focused everything I had on football. Uh, it was my grade 11 year where I, I started to focus more back into boxing to help with my my hand fighting, uh, my footwork, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, I was the only child. I uh, grew up in Transcona, and I started playing football in high school at Murdoch McKay. Okay, so talk talk about your days at Murdoch McKay. You guys had a pretty successful team when you were there? Yes, we did. Uh, I believe it was my first year in grade nine was this uh was murdoch's second year in the league Mm -hmm. we made it to the championship game we lost to portage by a last minute field goal so that one was that one was pretty uh discouraging and and that year we had tons of good players one of them ended up going on to play a season with the bombers alex mckay on their offensive line yep he he spent numerous years with the rifles uh then he played a couple years with the bison so he was uh he was a great mentor to me the next year, we uh, my grade 10 year, I tore my ACL, so I didn't get to play that season. So that one was kind of a wash for me. And then grade 11, we got bumped up to AA, mm-hmm. and we ended up playing St. Paul's AA team in the championship. And we, we uh, or no, sorry, that was the semifinal that we played them. We, we beat them, and then we had uh, Kildonan East in the championship game. That was our first, the Murdoch's first and only title so far was, their, uh, was the AA one. Right. And then my grade 12 year, it was Murdoch's first year in AAA, and we didn't fare too bad. I believe we went four and four, and we we lost in the quarterfinals. But um, my time there, we had tons of great players. Uh, Chris Rosa, uh, one of the best running backs that probably came out of that program. He went and spent quite a few years in uh, BC. Um, Derek Atchison went uh, and played in the BCFC for a while. Uh, played a year or two Bison's and bounced around a couple practice squads for the uh, in the CFL and just. He, he's been uh, – he was a great mentor back in high school for me. Um, and that was, that's pretty much my high school career. Gotcha. And then what happened after high school? 
after high school, I went um, and played a year of majors with the Eastside Eagles. Mm-hmm. I was going through some hard times with family, so I, I had wanted to stay close to home. The following year, a couple of my buddies, we went out to Windsor, Ontario, and we both cracked the uh, starting roster for the uh, Windsor Fratman, which was their junior program. Right. But then same thing, my mom's health took a uh, turn, so I ended up having to come back home. And so that way I could just be around her. I was going to play rifles, but then the the career path that I went down, I wasn't able to get weekends off consistently. So for me, it just didn't work out being able to travel with the rifles and all that. Gotcha. And I just played my last three years with uh, with Eastside in the majors. And and the major league is no slouch. It, it it's exactly kind of what you said for guys that maybe have other commitments, whether it be school or work or whatnot. That it's still an ability to play football at a high level with a bunch of guys that want to play and take it seriously. But uh, but you know you got a little bit more freedom with it, right? Exactly. And like, even from my time when I was out in Windsor, just, just being able to play with a bunch of buddies, it was majors was the most fun I had on a football field. Yeah. I, you know what, of all the years that I played, I played one year of majors. This was way before, even before the rifles existed. And, uh, it was 2001. I played for the St. James rods. I was kind of in between being at the U of M and then ending up at the rifles afterwards. So it's kind of a, a stopping gap for me in between. And, uh, again, most fun I ever had played with my buddies, you know, it was just, yeah. it was, it was a good time. So I, I you know, I, I'm with you on that. Um, what's, um, what kind of led to you getting into coaching, Brandon? And, and, you know, you're on the staff with St. Paul's with coach Daynard. Uh, how did that all transpire? So I started coaching basically right after high school. I stayed with Murdoch helping their program as much as I could with, with work restrictions and all that. So for me, I love the X's and O's of football. I always wasn't the, um, the most physical or, or, I was always a little undersized for a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. but I I love the game. I love the X's and O's, and I love giving back. So for me, it was right after I was done. I, I was at every practice that I could be. So then it was starting to get hard because I moved out of the, the Transcona area, so I couldn't always make it to to Murdoch, mm-hmm. working on the other side of the city. I started coaching the, um, I, I believe it was a midget league, the mm-hmm. Greendale Falcons, when it was still yeah. called that. I'm not sure what they call it now. So I spent two years coaching there. I was uh, their front seven coordinator. And so I'm more of a defensive side of coach when, when I first started coaching. Mm-hmm. And I spent two years there and I was going to take over as the head coach, but we didn't really know what was going on with the league and nothing was really said. And I was down in Minneapolis for the uh, coaching clinic down there. Glazier. And I was, yeah, Glazier. And then I ran into uh, uh, Stacy and we started talking and and we hit it off and he told me that he was looking for an offensive line coach. And I explained to him like, Hey, like I'm a defensive minded coach, but back in high school, I played both ways on the, on the line. And so I, I had a very good understanding and I understand as a defense, what you try to, how you try to manipulate an offensive line right. and what you want to want to do to them. And he's, and he asked me to come on. This was probably back in the spring of 2018. And I've been with that program since. Yeah, it's such a great program. You guys, you guys have phenomenal talent and just a great staff. So really cool to kind of get on there as a young coach and then kind of sink your teeth into that. So, you know, pretty cool. Yeah, I was I was only twenty three when I got on with them. So for me, it was it was a it was a big big task and a big big jump for me going from club football, where I understood the schemes, but now where it came to AAA, where where schemes was everything. Back at it for fourth quarter action with Brandon Mitchell and Coach Geese. Obviously, you guys are in the ship tomorrow. You're playing Dakota. 
you guys are you guys have split your regular season, both winning a game. Um, it's going to probably be an epic battle. Two best teams all year long. Um, I'm interested, man. Talk about your season this year at St. Paul's. Uh, maybe reference your offensive line. And, and you guys got a quarterback kind of out of nowhere. Maybe you could tell that story. So for us, it's a, it was a little bit different of a year. I'm sure it's been that way for every program, not having your, your veterans to set the, the standard that has been instilled in your program. So for us, it was a little bit different. Spring camp was uh, a lot of kids that have never played AAA ball before and not really knowing what to expect. And uh, so we had our, our spring tryouts and we had a lot of kids that showed up with heart. And uh, thankfully, our, our O-line has been a pretty solid unit this year for us. The kids work hard. There, there's a, a couple of kids that didn't play much uh, high school football at all, or football at all before coming to play AAA for us. And they, they were able to pick it up and, and start to learn learn the uh, the program and what was required of them to be successful. Day in, day out, I don't think I had a day where I had more than two kids miss a practice. And, and awesome. like if, if they did, it was legitimate reasons. And they, they worked hard and we spent a lot of time studying film and just breaking down uh, what we needed to do, the terminology, learning what, learning to look at things instead of watching football, learning to see the, the to break down what a defense is trying to do to you and and what you need to do to be successful as, on the offensive side. A very rewarding year where it's been starting right from ground zero again, where I have everyone on the same page and getting everyone caught up to speed. And then Cole, Cole uh, showed up and he, he in camp, he, he was phenomenal. He was making good reads. He was He's, he's been a solid quarterback for us all year long. Uh, thankfully, he's in grade 11, so we have another year with him to develop him and get him going in the right direction. And, and same with our whole line. We have a very young whole line. Out of the nine guys that I have, I have three graduating. So nice. I, I'm very fortunate to have that uh, um, that age that I can have the kids for one more year. You guys got a good crew. And like you said, Cole, Cole's been playing well. I really like... Uh, something that I've been struggling with with my quarterback is just getting him to get the ball out early and take take kind of the easy throws. And I really like what Cole's done. Uh, you guys throw a lot of hitches. You guys throw a lot of hooks, that sort of thing. Hitch screen, that sort of thing. You get him going in a rhythm, and then he's able to take the shots later on down the field, right? So, um, Exactly. And then that's just to help him get comfortable, help yeah. him. Okay, everything's, everything we've tried to do has been a, a very short set for him, get his feet set, get him – get him moving in the right direction, let him get that confidence. Then mm -hmm. we'll start adding things into our playbook for him to roll off of. Yeah. And last week in our semifinal, obviously we, we played each other and I, I came up short. I said to you before the game, please don't, please try not to win. <laughs> that didn't work for me too well, but uh, we came up short at 22, 13 Cole had, I guess both your touchdowns that, that you scored, he, he ran them in. Uh, it was a tough day at yeah. the office passing. We brought a lot of pressure and kind of, Got him off kilter, but he still made the plays when it counted. He rebounded from a from a little bit of an injury there. I thought maybe we wouldn't see him in the second half, and he uh, he showed some toughness and came back. So uh, really impressive. Talk about just the opportunity to be in the championship tomorrow and what that means to your program. How's how's practice gone this week? Like for the program, it's great. I mean that that's what we strive for in spring camp. Like that's what we're instilling in the kids that everything that we're doing in April is to be playing in November in the last game. And the kids have taken that to heart and they understand that whether it's being watching that extra half an hour of film or, or getting that extra workout in earlier in the week. So, so for the kids, I think it's good for them to, to see that you put in all this hard work and, and it does Pays off. lead to success. Whether, whether if we were to fold you guys last week, it, it still would be that, that that's our goal, no matter what, like we're, we're, and that's what we want to instill in the kids. And, for the for the 
JV program to see in us that, that this is this is yep. what we expect and this is our, our standard at St. Paul's and thankfully over my my five years the only year that we didn't make the finals was last year with the the shortened COVID season yeah. and and it just it, it was not our typical year so right. for us it, it's good for the program and it's good for for the kids because it, it's it's just rewarding for them to be there and, and as a coach it's very it, it's great being able to coach in the big game um practice this week obviously um a little bit of snow last night started so it, it uh it didn't affect the kids um they were dialed in the task at hand they know what needs to be done they know the wrinkles that we've seen from dakota we 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 have what we are uh, anticipating to deal with and i think we uh we came up with a pretty good game plan for on our side on the offensive side um and i think we're ready for what the defense can throw at us we have uh, different options for different things and the, the kids are firing all cylinders today was a uh, more of a, a walkthrough type practice obviously with the foot and a half of snow that we got yeah. and we uh we, we were still able to get outside and get the kids used to moving their feet and just get used to these conditions get them used to the cold get them used to making sure that they have their feet under them and that they're moving their feet and so i, I think it uh every, everything this week was was progressing to today and today we had a great final practice so going into tomorrow i feel i feel pretty confident and i think we have everything on the table that we need to so now it's going to come down to execution that's great to hear brandon uh i wish you guys the best of luck tomorrow bundle up it, it might be cold out there i'm going to be up in yeah, the booth. i'm going to be up in the booth drinking coffee staying warm but uh but good luck on that before i let you go here brother uh i just want to touch on obviously we got the cfl west final on sunday big game bombers versus uh bc lions Got the two great quarterbacks in Caleros and Rourke coming off the injury. Uh, you got the Bombers winning this game on Sunday? What do you think? I, I do. I think Rourke is a great young quarterback that he's, he's got a lot of upside to him. Yeah. But I just think the way that BC's offense is very one-dimensional in the pass game. Their, their, run, game, their run game's there, but yeah. it's not going to be one that's going to control and dictate the game against the Bombers defense. Um, and, and if you give the Bombers defense a chance to go after Rourke, I, I just think that he's already banged up. You can see his ankles are sore. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's still dealing with a shoulder issue, and you're gonna you haven't been able to get climatized to this weather. True. You're gonna come in here and take a couple big hits early in the game, and I I just hopefully that uh, that will rattle him. And I just think that the way that the Bombers' defense is playing and the way that they're getting healthy, I, I just I I'd be hard pressed to see them losing this game. Exactly, I'm with you, and I I do I think our defense is gonna eat against their offense. I really think that that'll be the difference. I want to thank you again for being on. I appreciate it. You have a great night.